I'm Natalie. I'm Lena. And I'm Sean. We are three friends who all love film and thought it would be cool to discuss movies from our perspective. We rate movies in terms of how drunk you need to be to enjoy them. We call it the Martini Scale. Hello, ladies. How are we doing tonight? Good. How are you? I know that Lena's already drunk, and I'm so excited about I'm this. I'm wasted, you guys. <laughs> so, remind me... Quarantine is up my auntie okay so remind me at the very end i have a special message to tell our audience but i can't do it until the very end of the show okay don't Hi. Me- like we're gonna remember that yes I mean, oh my on. god you want me to remember that oh jesus you have way too much faith in us message okay yes i do want you to remember you're gonna do it you're gonna be great okay so we're back with some more quarantine content for you guys um obviously we're not going to the movies because we can't and neither can you so we're here to tell you about some cool movies you can watch uh, for the comfort of your quarantine at home. And again, the intention of these episodes is to give love to some films that we've enjoyed that we thought you might have missed. So this week, we're sharing more of our favorite recent releases that we didn't have a chance to speak to when they first hit theaters. Uh, and at the end of the episode, we'll tell you if you should stream them or keep them in quarantine. Are you guys excited? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Wildly different movies. Yes, they are. So let's talk about the movies that we're going to be sharing this episode, um, and then we'll go into kind of how we're doing with everything. Um, But let's get this part out of the way because we're a little tipsy and we don't want to forget. So this week we are discussing three movies. Um, They are Portrait of a Lady on Fire, um, Downhill, and Hobbs and Shaw. My pick this week was Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and just a quick brief synopsis. Uh, so it is a 2019 French historical drama that was written and directed by Céline Siama. It stars Nomi Merlant and Adèle Hanel. It is set in France in the late 18th century. Uh, the film tells the story of a forbidden affair between an aristocrat and a painter commissioned to paint her portrait. Um, and we'll go into some of the details on that in a bit. Uh, Lena, I believe you're up next. What was your choice this week? I chose... Hobbs and Shaw from the Fast and Furious Presents line. (laughs) Um, It's a 2019 action film directed by David Leet. Lecht. I don't know how to say it. I think it's Light. I think it's Light. Like? Light. Light. Is it L-E-I-C-H-T? I I think it's Light. Yeah. Yeah. Like. No, just Light. Like L-I-G-H-T? Like. Yeah. Like turning the lights on. Exactly. Or turning the lights off to this movie oh you're saying it with a ght i was thinking more of a, like a t at the end like liked nope light okay anyway <laughs> um written by chris morgan and drew pierce um it's a spin-off of the fast and furious fan- franchise set in between the events of 2017's the fast and the, or the fate of the furious and 2021's f9 um it stars dwayne johnson and jason statham as they reprise their roles from the main series as Luke Hobbs and Deckard Shaw. Um, it also stars Idris Elba, Vanessa Kirby, Isaac Gonzalez, Cliff Curtis, and Helen Mirren. And it follows the two unlikely characters as they team up with Shaw's sister, Kirby, to battle a cybernetically enhanced terrorist, Elba, threatening the world with a deadly virus. That was a really long description for a movie that really isn't about much. So, And I didn't even finish reading the rest of it. So, oh, Did you want to continue? Yeah, sorry. it's very long. So rude. No, I don't. That's why I stopped. All right. <laughs> uh, Natalie, what was your choice this week? 
yeah. Before I read that, I do want to say, like, I know we've said in the past episode that we kind of wanted to feature movies that we think people have missed. And we understand that Hobbs and Shaw, a lot hey, of people saw this movie. The box office. Gonna start <laughs> I'm on my I'm movie. Not on I'm not dragging on it. I just want to clarify. So I'm saying for you two, you missed it. I mean, for I the know. record, Natalie, you did, we did I, both miss this film. I completely agree. I just wanted to point out, maybe in this category of episodes, we may not be featuring bigger blockbusters like this in the future. I just wanted to point out why this one was so special, because I think we had so aggressively missed this movie that Lena was very excited for us to finally see it. I was very excited. Well, also, too, I feel like, yes, it was probably very huge in the box office. I don't have the numbers. And, yes, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this movie. But there are people out there who have thoughts, like Miss Natalie, on this franchise. And I just wanted to make sure that you saw some of the funny quirks that could happen from these very big franchises. I think that's fair. I, and I appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, and so I'll get into the description of Downhill, which is the last movie that we're going to talk about. Uh, it's on Netflix. No, it's not. It is absolutely it's on... not on Netflix, no, actually. It's not on it's Netflix. Not. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm drinking. Let's calm down. I've been <laughs> drinking. I've been drinking. It's on oh, iTunes. It's no, on it's whatever on you want it to be. It's not on Netflix. It just oh. came out on iTunes oh, this not. week. Okay, oops. Yeah. Uh, So Downhill is a 2020 black comedy drama film directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. They also co-wrote the script with Jesse Armstrong. Uh, The film is a remake of Force Majeure uh, and released in 2014 by Swedish director Ruben Ostlund. I don't know if I'm saying that right. That was good. We'll go with it. It stars Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell as a married couple going through a rough patch. Uh, That's... A nice way of putting it. Uh, after a near-death encounter during a family ski outing, so it had its premiere at the Sundance Film Festival in January and was theatrically released February 14th by Searchlight Pictures. So the film had very mixed reviews from critics and audiences and only grossed about eight million dollars worldwide. So um, they definitely released it on VOD early. It's available on iTunes to purchase for 9.99, which I feel like is a reasonable price to purchase a brand new movie that was just in theaters a month ago. A reasonable price that I just paid, so you're welcome. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I have two questions. First of all, Natalie, what are we drinking tonight? Uh, So this is called The Avalanche, and it's inspired by uh, the movie Downhill that I picked. Uh, It was definitely an idea that I came up with while watching the movie, and I thought it would be really fun to kind of create uh, snow out of uh, ice and my Vitamix and create an adult so- snow cone. So that's basically what we're drinking. I'm sad that I'm not there with you because it looks delicious. I'm just enjoying straight up vodka tonight because I know. that's how I roll. I apologize. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay, good. It's very cold. Uh, I would love to have a... I'm thinking we start like the martini scale delivery service and I can have someone send me the martini every week. (laughs) We'll just put one in the Uber for you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. We were also thinking we could 
just if if we have easier ingredients sometime that don't require making snow, you know, maybe that could be something you can make at home and then drink with us. Yes, yeah, send I you mean, the recipe yeah. and then you can make it. I think that's a perfectly reasonable, perfectly reasonable request. Yeah, as much as I've liked surprising you and showing you the martini via Skype as we drink it, I do realize how unfair and um, how jealous I would be if I were you. I mean, I'm not, not get I wasn't going to use the word unfair, but it's that's what it is, basically. So, <laughs> All right. My second question is, how are we doing? Um, it's a loaded we're question. We're surviving. Yeah. We're, we're, we're doing good. Um, I think it's just kind of figuring out, like, all the stories, all the news channels, all the information that's out there just not getting freaked out about it, but also like trying to keep our minds sane. You know, um, we talked about it last time. I'm an introvert. So all of this is totally fine for me. It's not very fine for Natalie, but I think she's doing a much better job. I'm not as worried about her as I was like two weeks ago where I thought she was going to lose her mind. Are you doing better, Natalie? Yeah. I've figured out ways to kind of cope with uh, being locked into this apartment. Um, and so this past weekend, I uh, took all the rust off of my bike and cobwebs <laughs> and have been enjoying uh, biking around the city. And par- yes, partially it is a little bit disturbing to see like Pottery Barn and Beverly Hills all boarded up and William Sonoma. And it's like a ghost town. It's very weird, but it's nice to just be out and get exercise and get fresh air in a different way than like just kind of going for a walk. So I'm kind of trying to create more varieties of things for me to do outside that doesn't feel like, oh, I've already felt like my routine has gotten stale. And then I feel even more so boxed into like what is available to me. Yeah. Like for me, I go outside every other day to take the trash out and that's suffice enough. <laughs> oh, wow. I go out. I go for a run every single day. I couldn't. Imagine. No, I, I, I don't run. <laughs> oh, you go for a walk. I don't maybe. walk either. Okay. I think getting sunlight is really important during this time and it helps keep me that that minimal exercise helps keep me sane. Yeah, also... I definitely I I feel like I was going for like a walk and really like pushing myself like the first couple of weeks and my sickness wasn't getting any better. So it was like, okay, at what point do I allow myself to just like relax and like fall into like understand this is the quarantine situation we're in and I need to just fucking calm down about it and so I did that for a little bit and now I'm over it again and so now I'm back out there (laughs) but it does it does make me happier and I feel mentally clearer when I'm outside and like get a little bit of sunlight and activity and it makes me okay to be working from home and not being social every single day. Yeah. I think I was also telling you guys about this last week, but I've been using the Peloton app, which I know they're famous for like their bike, but they actually have an app for iOS and Android that you can download. It's a free 90 day trial. They do not yet sponsor the podcast, but I want to plug them anyway, uh, because you can take classes from your living room essentially. So they have like uh, meditation classes, they have hit classes, stretching, yoga, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, And so I try to do a meditation class and one of their cardio classes every single day. And I think this is a really good time. Like, if you've been thinking about getting in shape, like, you have no excuse because you have free time every fucking day. So figure out your life, people. <laughs> I also- think, yes, I, I agree. But it's also if you are somebody that needs 
like me where I need social interaction, it's a depressing time. And so, yes, it's like you've got more free time, but you have less. I'm not energized because I'm not getting, yeah. I'm not Talking around. to people. me and the cat isn't helping Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. So like, yeah, so me not getting that energy from being social and talking to people at work and, oh, let's go walk to Gelson's for lunch or da-da-da-da-da. Like, that's what gives me juice. And then it's like at the end of the day, then I go and work out. And so when I don't have any of that stuff and I'm just in my apartment, I feel even less motivated to, like, go work out and do things. And especially if I don't have the equipment that I normally use, it's like trying to retrain myself of, like, okay, how do I use bottles of wine or whatever the fuck as weights to try and do some workout you know so it's a little bit weird it's frustrating it's very frustrating that's the thing about the cardio classes though is you don't need the bottles of wine or the weights or you just you literally it's like you're just getting your heart rate up which is i think the most important part of the exercise i have actually been binging a show that i think you'll appreciate um and it's a little show called banner pump rules (gasps) i am so happy that you love this show. I love it. I'm like obsessed with it. I think part of it for me is so like they obviously like they live and they hang out in West Hollywood. And so I think watching them like interact at these places that I like to go to, it's like a way for me to live vicariously right now. And so I'm really, really, really enjoying the show. I just finished the last season and I'm about to start the current season. So I just saw um, Jax and Brittany's engagement party and Lisa's speech at the end and when she did the beer pong, it was just like amazing and so i'm really excited now to start okay. the- i can't remember if 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 i got you to watch this natalie because of my connection with these people or you wanted to watch it on your own i can't remember what is your I connection to- oh um lena who uh, did you hook up with <laughs> oh nobody oh well oh what do you mean well <laughs> <laughs> there's no well Hooking up with somebody for a significant amount of time. Not on the show. What are you trying to say? No, he was never on the show. Okay, thank you for clarifying. He was never on the show. Okay, so what is your connection to these people? Please don't leave us in suspense. My ex-husband, the person who shall not be named. Voldemort? Yeah. um, Was a model with, and he was very good friends with Jax and Tom and Tom. Interesting. I, I never knew I this. You, I will send you a photo of uh, Jax and my ex-husband modeling together. It's quite hysterical. Yes. I found them on a group on ad randomly. Um, <laughs> but no, Tom Sandoval and Jax came to like our housewarming party and Tom played his guitar and like it was a whole thing. I can't believe I didn't tell you that before. Oh my God. I yeah. can't believe I've never I, known I, that. But also like I don't know them personally. So like, yes, I met them like a couple times, but like I don't know them personally, but like knowing that they all worked at like, cause he worked at Villa Blanca. So of course he knew all the people at Sur and blah, blah, blah. So like that, I mean, this was like 10 years ago though. So like wow. they're all like in that circle. And I know that this is true because that they're all friends and that Tom and Tom used to be roommates and blah, 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 blah. So, like, for me, it's, like, I knew that whole thing was going on. So, when it was coming on, I was, like, oh, my God, are you fucking kidding me? These fucking people have a show. (laughs) Well, it was funny. When the show started and we started watching it, she was, like, you remember that housewarming party, you know, at this place? And I was, like, yeah. And she was, like, you remember the two people? Like, one person was playing guitar on the balcony? And I was, like, yeah. And she was, like, that was Tom and Jax was there. I was, like, 
shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that was fucking them. And you're obsessed with Jax. And he was literally right in front of you. <laughs> so bummed. So bummed I did not know what I was experiencing when I was like, I mean, I, if you saw Jax in person, I feel like you would have like been like head over heels like you are. Like, I I'm know, surprised but if I was sitting him. on the same goddamn patio as him, how did I not realize well, when it? When Tom was playing guitar, Jax had already gone. So Tom mm-hmm. stayed later, and him and I were, like, chatting, and then I got him to, like, sing that Incubus song. Oh, yeah. Anyways, wow. whatever. Okay, the good times. But I started, oh. I started watching this show because I watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, so, and that literally the end of one season started half of the show was about oh, Vanderpump right. Rules. Sheena. They did a whole switcheroo on everybody and I was like, wait, what show am I watching? Like, I thought I was watching Beverly Hills and then it was all about these kids, but that first episode, I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to keep watching this. Like, yeah. it was super entertaining. So, I know this isn't a show about the housewives, but Lisa Vanderpump is actually like my favorite housewife and I, I did something similar. So, I watched the first season and I just... I found them all to be so incredibly unlikable for some reason that first season that I just was like kind of over it. Um, however, it's been interesting now because like I feel like they're all like they've grown into themselves and they're actually like good people now. And I'm like proud of the fact that like they've accomplished all the stuff in their life. So it's a really interesting show to watch now versus then because back then they were just all like bratty, you know, L.A. kids. Whereas now I feel like they're yeah. adults that are like mature and they have cool careers and it's like cool to watch their their lives and their evolution. So anyway, yeah, yeah. I mean, and Kristen's still a mess. <laughs> yeah, she was never my She's favorite. She's always gonna be a mess. I would actually but even say, speaking of like Vanderpump, Vanderpump Dogs is like right near us, and like I've been trying to like go through them and a lot of people to like foster a dog right now. So I'm oh, like I'm yeah. reaching out, and they're like reaching out, like check our Instagram stories. These are the places to go, and like I'm totally involved, and in, like well, I'm trying to get involved. I don't want to say I'm involved, but I don't have a doggy yet, and I really want to have a doggy. Uh, I've actually heard a lot of stories about how like the different shelters are like out of dogs right now, and I think that's so amazing that people oh, are like, good. yeah, people that's are taking great. this time that's to do awesome. that. Awesome. Yeah, totally. I'm. That's awesome. Yeah, fan. I'm also signing up for the kitten program. So. Aww. Anything. Cute. I just want to help. I know. Yeah, I feel you. All right, so let's move on. Um, what is our first okay. movie that we're discussing today? It is called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And it was, I'll just give you a little bit of background on this film. So we gave the synopsis at the beginning, but it basically, it was selected to compete for the Palm d'Or at the 2019 Cannes Film Festival. Um, it won the Queer Palm at Cannes, which is the first film that was directed by a woman to win the award. Uh, the director also won the award for Best Screenplay at Cannes. Uh, it was nominated for an Independent Spirit Award, Critics' Choice Awards, all kinds of Golden Globes, like all kinds of stuff um, in 2019. Natalie, I did take a sneak peek at your notes, and suffice it to say, I am incredibly angry. So before I share my notes, I'm just going to point out that as of this recording, this film has a critic score of 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has an audience score of 92%. Letterbox gives it 4.4 out of 5 stars. That's among all their users. And Criterion Collection will be releasing the film in June 2020 on their platform, which is really cool. And um, that said, I fucking love this film. So I, I know that we'll, we'll talk a little bit about like what, what was wrong with it and what you guys didn't like, because I have a feeling that both of you probably wasn't your favorite movie. But um, I definitely can say that it was one of my favorite films of 2019. Um, I've watched it a few times now, and every time I watch it, I fall in love with it over and over again. Um, 
if you told me that one day I would love a lesbian film this much, I would never have believed you. Uh, but I think there's just something about, again, the cinematography, the acting, the writing, the directing, just the whole aesthetic, like the scenes on the beach were breathtaking. And I just think the chemistry between these two is fantastic. Um, I just kind of think that if you didn't love this film, you just don't really have a soul. So having said that, I'd love to turn it over to you, Natalie, and kind of get your thoughts on this film. Well, that's a lovely introduction to my notes. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and from the soulless uh, part of the podcast, uh, you know what? Honestly, I don't know what movie all y'all saw that rated this so highly. <laughs> you know, I just, I don't. Get How it. many people were actually like rated and watching it? Like a hundred? Or is it, it like? No, I think it's it's quite a few people. I mean, even even the critics though, like if you their cumulative score is ninety eight percent. Of so. course, the critics love this shit. Well, I don't yeah, always agree. Circle jerk of art and culture. Yeah, and like, it's girl girl action. Come God on. forbid we have a film about art and culture, Natalie. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, you know, I, let's move on to Hobbs and Shaw, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that has an eighty eight percent rotten score, audience score. Pretty up there. I know, Not I'm like the best. We'll but get to that. To me, to me, I look at this and I do have an understanding that I'm different than a lot of people. But I look at this the same way I look at a museum I may be going to visit in a European country. I'm probably going to be in and out of that thing in about 15 minutes max. And great, I was there, you know. Went to the Louvre, saw the Mona Lisa. Great. Let's get the fuck out. Let's sw- swirl it out of there. Let's go get some croissants and some drinks <laughs> and do the other things that I like to do. So, Which are what? I party, understand. party, drink, and not be cultured? <laughs> yes. So I understand that people will spend several days in the Louvre appreciating and loving all of the art. That will never be me. And I feel like this is a movie that probably could be shown in that particular museum and people would love it. And I would be like, I'm not going to sit here for 90 minutes and do this today. I'd rather be outside with a baguette and some cheese, some brie, maybe. Wine. And some wine. Some rosé. Yeah. Some French onion soup. You know. Okay. Look so, at look at the Eiffel Tower. So what I'm hearing oh is that God. if if there was more food in this film, you would have enjoyed it. That's what I'm hearing. Is that, is that <laughs> they were eating bread and cheese and drinking wine every fucking meal. Seriously. And I, at one point, they had some French onion soup in there. No, they didn't. <laughs> All right, Lena. What did you think of this one? All right. I mean, I look. I wasn't going into this movie excited about watching it. I knew it was going to be exactly what I watched. And I knew that I would have some appreciation for what I was watching, which I did. The cinematography was beautiful. Like the scenes on the beach. Great. I loved that green dress that she had um, that they were working with for the portrait. The actors are great. Um, I don't mind the foreign language part of it because I do love the French, French language. Um, that was horrible. I love but your newfound I, love for um, foreign cinema. It's it may, Speaking of well, culture, it makes me feel like you're evolving. Well, I, I don't know. I guess it might just be certain 
foreign languages. I don't know. But I do actually, I am enjoying them more. I, I don't know why I had such, I, I guess maybe I thought it was just like going to be so annoying to like have to read the whole time. But like, I didn't find it annoying at all to have to read what they were talking about. Because a lot of times like their movements and especially we didn't talk about in the trivia is like the musical aspect. So there wasn't a lot of music. So I feel like with that, it captured a lot of like they, their, their energy and their like, you know, signals to each other and the way they looked at each other kind of brought a little something more. It's like, if you actually watched it and paid attention to it, then you like, you saw that. So I'm not saying it was like the most passionate, the most loving or fulfilling movie for me. But I do see why you love it, Sean. And I also see why Natalie hates it. Like, I feel like I'm very in the middle of you two for this movie. And I don't love it. I don't hate it. I just kind of am like right wavelength in the middle. So it's a, it's a, okay, it's a so Lena wanna... sandwich, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I do want to say, because you brought up a couple of things that I do want to talk about. Generally, this is not a genre that I like. No. Generally... I almost said generally. <laughs> generally, she's being so fancy. So, generally. So love stories, right love stories are not your thing. Not a lot. And when you combine it with this time period, that is not something I enjoy. You talked about that green dress being beautiful. I agree. But we only, in a time period movie, maybe something that is an interesting thing for me to see is the costumes and the wardrobe. And we only got to see like five total dresses. They never changed, ever. So it was either they were naked or they were in the one dress that they had. And it just, that was frustrating. So it's not even like I got that piece of it. Then you brought up the fact that there wasn't music. To me, I felt like the pacing was so fucking slow. There wasn't a lot of coverage as far as shots go, where it's like close-ups, kind of letting that set the pace for us. And so it's like the combination of just sitting in a wide shot for a long period of time and no music, like that doesn't make me feel good about it. It makes me bored right away. And it took forever to kind of get into the story. And it's like, and the story isn't something that, eventful it's like this lady was commissioned to paint this lady and like she's got to do it in secret okay great let me get into the more meat of it like i feel like an hour yeah. into the movie i think if it's someone <laughs> you said who me. doesn't have <laughs> ew i feel like if it's something where people go into this movie and have no clue about what this movie is they're gonna be like what the fuck am i watching this is so slow and boring so i i I take no i don't because i take strong issue with that because i didn't know what i was getting into when i watched this movie and i saw it and all the things that you just suggested are the things that kept me engaged so the lack of the score the, the slower pacing. There was something about, and again, I saw it in a theater, which I think a film like this actually lends itself to the big screen because of the cinematography and because of like the way it was produced. Um, I think that you're in a theater, you're forced to kind of sit in your chair and think about what you're watching as opposed to distractions that could take place in your living room. Um, I, I just, I so strongly disagree with everything you guys are saying because I, I found all those things to be the most endearing parts of the film. I, you know, I, I enjoyed the cinematography, but I just, to me, it's like, I felt like I was watching somebody paint this painting in real time and that's boring <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> so you're saying I you felt like you were watching paint dry. 
Yes. And I was like, I don't need to see every brush stroke that goes on this canvas and the different nudes and variations of nudes that you're trying on her skin tone. I don't I don't care. Okay. I at first was like, oh, she's drawing it because I don't know shit about painting. And the fact she was drawing at first with charcoal, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then she's going to paint. Oh, we're still painting. Oh, we're still. Oh, she's getting a different mix of green. Okay, great. It just like. Okay. I think we've spent enough time on this one. Let's score it. I don't even know if I want to ask what your scores are. For me, this is a one martini film. It's it's one of, I would say it's, it's in my top 20 films of all time. I am obsessed with it. I love it. Um, it's available now on Hulu. So I strongly suggest that you watch it when you have a moment during your quarantine. Um, I guess Natalie will save you for last. Lena, what was your score for this film? Again, like I said, I feel like I'm right in the middle with this. So I'm a three. Like, I really think that it's a, a beautiful movie for most people or some people and maybe not for the rest of the people. Like, I feel like there's going to be a mixed. I know that your your audience and critic score are high, but I just feel like it's, you know, it really just sits right in the middle for me. Like, I, there, I can't promote it anymore and I can't say anything more negative about it. Like, it's just because I don't feel like it was as bad as Nally felt, but I don't feel like it was as great as you felt. That's fair. I, I, I accept that. Natalie? Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna have to go with a solid four on this one. Uh, I do want to give it a five. Um, I really do. Um, but it wasn't terrible. And I know I've talked about this before, but my barometer is definitely Pet Cemetery and uh, the Unicorn Store. So those are a level five <laughs> martini. And so this wasn't as bad as that. Like those I wanted to leave the theater and make cocktails so that I could last through the experience. I actually sat through this. So And the irony you know, of that is that Unicorn Store wasn't even in theaters and you still wanted to leave. So mm-hmm. So to me, this was just a four martini movie. And just a hashtag, here's your painting. <laughs> hashtag, here's your painting. So here's the thing. Are you saying then that it takes four <laughs> martinis to get you to get naked with another woman? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> uh, be careful, oh, Lena. That's all I'm saying. Be careful. All right. Oh, God. Yeah, it's a quarantine. There's not a lot of men around. So. <laughs> hey! <laughs> All right, so up next, Lena, this is your pick. Woohoo! Up next, we're with Hobbs and Shaw. And so, where can we watch this? You can watch this on HBO right now. Um, it's actually, I don't know if you, anyone has cable anymore, but it's been playing on HBO. Um, so if you have HBO Go, you can watch it on HBO Go. I was going to say, we use this thing called the HBO Go app where you can watch it on demand. It's really cool. Well, I know, but if you have DirecTV, you can also watch it on demand as well. So okay. I'm just saying you okay. can watch it both places. And I like to call it Habogo. Yeah, we, Habogo? yeah, she calls it Habogo, so now I call it Habogo. But just for everyone else, HBO Go or HBO On Demand, okay? Um, so I'm a huge 
Fast and Furious fan. I'm sure we've talked about this before. Um, and I'm not really a fan of the extracurricular activities that like Fast and the Furious likes to get into. But I was like, you know what? A couple of my friends went and saw Hobbs and Shaw and they loved it. And I was like, fine, I'm going to go see this. So I went and saw this and Lion King in the same day by myself because you two didn't want to see either of those movies. And I just needed to get some movies in. So on, I really enjoyed it. Like it was very entertaining to me. Yes, it's wild and crazy, but The Rock and Jason Statham are really good together. And it was really funny. So, like, I want to know what you guys think. Because I know that I put this out there and Natalie was definitely dreading this. <laughs> because she does not like movies like this. But I was like, I think Sean might somewhat enjoy this. Okay, so here's the thing. I personally, I saw this for you. You are literally the only reason I watched this film. Um, Thank you. And I, I say, like, it wasn't even reluctant. Because I don't I don't have an aversion to these movies. I just They're just typically not my taste. Having yeah, we know you don't. Yeah. Having said San Andreas skyscraper. Um, we're gonna get to that. You need to calm down. Okay. You need to calm the fuck down. So here's what I want to say about this movie. I fucking love this movie. It was mindless fun. It was slick. It was glossy. It was all of the things that I like aesthetically. I said that. I was like, it's so slick and glossy. I'm going to love it. I hate you, Sean. Um, I hate you. I, I still think that the title sounds like it should have been like a romantic comedy starring Elizabeth Banks and some unknown actor that we've never heard of. But I'm going to, I'm just going to take it. Um, I think Helen Mirren is always a nice surprise in the movie, in any movie. Like, okay, so here's the thing. I enjoyed the cameos in this movie. Like, even like, the Kevin Hart's, like, Ryan Reynolds, I was so excited. I was like, oh, my God. Like, that scene was just, he he lights up the fucking screen in any scene that he's in in any film. I just, I love him so much. Um, I like The Rock a lot. Like I said, I don't really care what he was, what he does. He's just always good at it. Like, you know, Skyscraper, <clears throat> um, San Andreas. Um, Natalie knows one of my classic all-time I'm favorites. I'm shaking my head. I know. Um <laughs> And then Vanessa Kirby, who was the actress from Mission Impossible. I, I really, really like her. And I love that she's kind of like the go-to action movie chick right now. Um, because I just, I, I don't know. I think she's like gorgeous to look at, obviously. But she brings chemistry to every scene that she's in. And I just, I really enjoy her. I think my biggest critique about this, if I have to make critiques for a film like this, was just the fact that it kind of started to, it started to feel a little repetitive to me um, about an hour in, I would say, because I'm like, okay, how many times and how many ways are they going to kidnap this woman? Like, maybe just lock her away for the rest of the film or something if she's that, you know, vital to the story. Um, I liked the action sequence in the helicopter. It gave me the Tropic Thunder vibes, which Lena, I know, love that one too. Um <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I, I liked it and I thought it was fun. And like I said, Ryan Reynolds makes me so happy. And from the second I saw him in this film, I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit back and enjoy this ride because Brian, if it's good enough for Ryan Reynolds, it's good enough for me. Okay, Buzzkill, your turn. <laughs> oh. I'm glad that's your only barometer for this. Um, I did decide a few minutes into the movie as I felt compelled to jot down my thoughts that I would do a Sean version of Notes. Yes! A Sean just, okay, he, You know what? Why didn't you do a Sean version of Notes for Portrait? Because it was slow and nothing was happening. It would have been a Sweeney <laughs> Note. <laughs> 
too fucking shay bitch too fucking shay i'll be like oh sure touche okay they definitely like each other an hour later oh okay they're kissing finally (laughs) but they're not gonna stay together they both know it. all right all right all right She's going to leave. Okay. I don't know about you, Natalie, but Lena and I have already moved on to a different film now. So you need to let go of the past. I I wasn't sure if we were working on the pacing of Portrait of a Lady on Fire (laughs) or on the pacing of Hobbs and Shaw. I was still a little delayed on that. Okay. So I did my Sean style of notes, which I will just read through. Um, Stream of consciousness, if you will. Yes. Stream of consciousness. Uh, does this take place in the future? What are these self-driving motorcycles? I've never seen self-driving motorcycles in a movie before. I don't know if you guys have, but I thought that was a weird thing to just throw in. That's a part of our life. Um, how does Helen Mirren have jewelry in prison? Cause she was real done up. She had a belt and everything. She's Felt fancy. Like, I know, but don't you feel like you can hang yourself with a belt? Like, that would be something they would take away from you. Maybe they only let her wear that on her phone calls, and then they make Okay, first of all, she's Helen fucking Mirren. You give her what she wants. (laughs) When she's in prison, you give that bitch what she wants. I don't think so. Also, how can they touch hands through that little hole in the glass when they're visiting prisoners? I feel like this is a no-go, because he could have passed her a shank or something. So (laughs) I don't understand what was happening there. Um, of course, this woman is Jason Statham's sister. Uh, thanks for the obnoxious exposition. Couldn't have figured that one out. Uh, and girl needs to get her roots done big time. Her hair was not flattering. Her makeup um, was awful the whole time. Yeah. Uh, how did these two dudes just break into the window with helmets on and Idris didn't need a helmet? But then we later learned he's some sort of robot thing. So I guess. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Then why is he wearing a helmet on the motorcycle? Whatever. I don't know. Oh, stunt double. They need to not show his face. And also, yeah, to hide his face because he doesn't want to be seen by the bad guys anyway. So also, how could they slide down this building on the ropes with short sleeve shirts and not get rope burn? I don't understand. They slid all the way down the entire building and not not a scratch on them. Uh. I could barely use any ropes without getting rope burn. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you want to go there. Natalie, lady. is there something you'd like to share with the audience? <laughs> Apparently, this movie is also Transformers Motorcycles. Going under the truck like that. I me. love that scene. That was the most ridiculous chase scene I've ever It had the Transformers sound for the motorcycle and flipping the tires and, like, I just, I can't. Okay. Tech cult with dark money. Ooh, terrifying. Again, <laughs> I'm just reading the notes that I actually wrote. Yeah, we got that. We got that, sweetie. Keep going. Uh, if this movie was just the two of them on this plane, I'd be thrilled. It's a nice note. That was a nice <laughs> note. <laughs> so I finally was enjoying the movie once we got on the plane. Uh can they give this woman some chapstick or something? She's not on a deserted island. I'm confused why Hobbs and Shaw look fine, and she looks like she slept on the beach for three weeks. Oh I just God. don't understand Wilson. with Vanessa what was happening here with her hair, her roots. Her top lip was white and chapped, and her bottom lip was pink. It was for the whole movie, uh, yet she had plenty of eyeliner. I think she looked gorgeous. She looked gorgeous the entire film. You need to stop it. You're insane. I to no, me, her she needed chapstick. She looked like a mess. To me, 
I when I saw her in Mission Impossible, that was the first time I had ever seen her, and I was like, this girl is. And I I think I said to Lena, I was like, this is girl is going to be a fucking huge movie star. She absolutely went yeah, toe to toe with Tom Cruise. Yeah, I love her for sure. Yeah, I thought she was fantastic. She did not have that same her makeup in this looked movie and like yeah. it's like they didn't spend the money on her makeup artist. Like they gave it to, on to something else because like she just like baggy eyes black eye black roots and dry lips okay to stop you really quickly so natalie i don't know if you remember this but about five i think it was maybe five years ago you said something about an actress to me you said this woman is going to be the next big thing and i had no idea who the fuck you were talking about and Uh it turned out she became the next big thing do you know who i'm talking about I have no idea. I have great premonitions like this all the time. Oh, yes, you do. (laughs) Uh, She was in a movie called Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah, of course. Margot Robbie. Yep. From Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. 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 Of course. Well, that's exactly how I felt when I saw Vanessa in Mission Impossible. And this, I think she still has it, but this made me doubt it a little bit more. But... Also, I can't blame her. The content that she had to work with was not great. And her team of makeup artists and hairstylists were did not do her any favors. Ouch. Uh, so, uh, where are we at? Uh, oh, the writing. This What a great example. Oh, you guys. I can't wait. I wrote this down verbatim. Do you wash the blood off your hands before you count your money or after? So I just felt like it was award-winning dialogue right there. This is not a uh, film that's meant to I know. elicit award-winning dialogue, honey. You are in the wrong cinema right now. <laughs> that's your <laughs> expectation. Um, so they're doing this whole chase through whatever yard that they're in. And she has not put on her seatbelt, even though they've jumped this futuristic Jeep off of two buildings. And she's like now hanging out of the Jeep. I don't understand why she hasn't put a seatbelt on. I just, I really, and then of course she's jumping from the Jeep to the truck, to the safety of the rock. I just can't, I really can't. And here comes Idris flying his car onto the truck bed. (laughs) Easy peasy gets out, walks out ready to fight. I feel like I'm okay. And then we get to the, they're on the Island. I feel like I'm watching Samoan game of Thrones. There's a big battle. They're lighting that fire ring outside of like, the wall, the gates of the property. Um, and also, how is it daytime? I thought it was nighttime. I don't know when that <laughs> shifted. Uh, and then they never explained the clock that we're on. And maybe I can't read a uh, analog clock or a digital clock because I thought it was like 23 minutes, but we went from nighttime to daytime. So maybe it was 23 hours, but I feel like they never verbally said that. I was very confused. Because I thought the thing was supposed to be out of her hand at a certain point, so I don't, I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't come um, out of her hand; it gets released into her body. I, I missed that, obviously. <laughs> Anyways, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and then this whole Samoan tow truck versus a helicopter scene—I know you guys liked it. I just was flabbergasted the entire time. The Rock <laughs> catching the loose chain and okay. holding the helicopter I as he's on, on the that one. on the tow truck. You just have to be kidding me. I just, and then I had to stop taking notes at that point because I was like, I can't, I can't even do this anymore. Okay, Natalie, I have three words for you and I need you to hear these loud and clear, okay? I say this a lot on the show. I I need you to be with me right now. Are you with me? No. Okay. (laughs) I know you're with me. Okay. 
suspend your disbelief. This is not a film that you go into looking to psychoanalyze. You go into a film like this looking to be along for the ride and have a good fucking time. And if you don't, you're a fucking Scrooge. And I'm sorry, this is, it's just like San Andreas as far as I'm concerned. It's just like Skyscraper. <laughs> it's just like any fucking uh, The Rock movie, okay? No. It's, they're no, not, it's not Oscar and caliber. I never agreed more with Sean about like maybe seeing movies in movie theaters make a difference because I watched this the first time in the theater and I was like, oh my God, I love it. It was so exciting. It was so fun. Like it, I didn't expect that I was going to like it as much as I did. And then when I'm watching it at home, I was like, oh, I'm kind of missing some like action. Like, I just don't feel like I'm in it as much as I did, like when I was in a movie theater. So, okay, so maybe he, it's also what you're losing. Matt. Here's my Not perspective. Here's like my it. perspective. I, as soon as we get off this call, I am going to watch Bad Boys for Life because it's now available on digital and I bought it. And I am going to test your theory, Lena, because that, again, much to my dismay, because of Natalie, I saw that movie. That is probably the best movie I've seen and I don't know how long. I'm so obsessed with that movie. I'm so excited to go back and watch it again. And I will know if your theory is true, Lena, because that experience in the theater is like part of the magic, right? Because you've got the IMAX, you've got the sound, you've got the, the big screen, you know, whatever. So I'm curious to watch that and see if you're right or you're wrong. Because I have a feeling I'm still going to love that movie. I, mean, I have I, a feeling I'm I agree. not going to like it as- yeah, I agree. Movies like that in general, of course, are only going to be helped by the fact that you're seeing it in a theater. Like, I don't think that there's a version where you're going to like those movies as much at home. I think if you love it, you're still going to like it, but you're not going to love it as much as you did with that first experience because it is an experience when you're in the theater. But to uh, defend myself a little bit. I love action movies. I love mindless entertainment. To me, something like this, just, I can't, and I know I have a hard time with like even animated movies and too much CGI, but in a way, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but like MCU knows what they're doing. Like the stories they're telling, the casting, the characters. I they force me to put all of those feelings I have aside and just enjoy the ride. I did not just enjoy the ride on this. Natalie, I need to ask you a very serious question right now. Oh God. Why yeah. do you why do you hate The Rock so much? I don't hate The Rock. I don't. I feel like I, think I he's feel he's a very attractive man. I feel like that's what's happening. I, and all of his films no. you you intensely dislike so much and I'm I starting to take Jumanji. it personally. I'm starting to I love Jumanji. Okay. I thought Jumanji was such a fun movie. I think he's super funny. I think his acting abilities have come a long way. But I think he... Since San Andreas. <laughs> but I think he collects a paycheck. And I think he knows... A, he has a big, big audience. He is very him, much like a... Like, I don't want to say he's very much like a Ryan Reynolds, but he is... Very similar to Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds knows his niche. He knows what he does. He knows the things. Same with The Rock. The Rock knows the way he looks, the way he has that little cute little charm to him. He knows that he win people. He wins people over with that, just like Ryan Reynolds. It's like, absolutely, it's, yeah. And that's why sure. I loved that airplane scene because I finally got to see yeah, he's him funny. be funny and charming, and I loved that. And I really could have spent more time with the two of them 
bantering back and forth instead of like these weird like flash parkour moves of fighting <laughs> and whatever bullshit when it's like directed by a stunt guy who also did like John Wick and what was the other thing that he did Lena that we Deadpool were talking about two. Deadpool 2 oh, that wasn't that great but there was something else <gasps> I thought he did. I love Deadpool 2 how dare you oh well no he used to be Brad Pitt's stuntman so but there was something else that had really good fighting in it that I can't remember that he did but, oh like, crap I can't remember but, like, John Wick, that's a perfect example of, like, this world doesn't exist. But as soon as that movie starts, I'm fucking in it. And the fighting yeah. is so gritty and John so Wick intense. And I love all three of those movies. Like, that's, to me, you could take story and all of this stuff and throw it oh, in the garbage Atomic disposal. Blonde. Atomic Blonde, great fight. I don't, I don't even give a shit what the hell the story was or what she was going after or revenge or whatever. The fighting, the cinematography, all of that was a fun experience. This just was fake fighting, fake driving. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's get to the scores, I was going to say, are we ready I to move on? Score all right. So as a reminder, this is a film you can watch on HBO Go currently at the time of this Hubbo recording. Go. Lena, this is your movie. So what was your score? I'm at a two. I find it quite enjoyable to watch, and the entertainment is fun. It's not a perfect movie. It's not the best movie. It's definitely not something that should be considered in the Fast and Furious, um, but I did enjoy it very much. All right. I'm with you. It's a solid two for me. Natalie? On the uh, back to the unicorn store in Pet Cemetery scale of that being a five... I guess I will give this a four reluctantly. Okay. Yeah, you took a long breath there. All right, sweetie, princess, it's your turn. What movie did you pick yeah, this week? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked Downhill. Uh, it's a movie that I saw at the Sundance Film Festival this year. Oh, I'm sorry, where? Where did you see it? I the Sundance. Oh, I saw it at Sundance. Tell us more. Okay. So fancy. <laughs> so I got to see it. It was really fun. They did a big Q&A with the cast afterwards and the director writers. Um, it was, to me, I really enjoyed the movie. And I was so surprised when critic and audience reviews started rolling in afterwards because they were so poor about the movie. And then I finally kind of started diving into what people were saying. And they were all comparing it to Force Majeure. Which I still haven't seen, and I still do really want to see it. Our Which friend is, Lindsay had told me to see it a long time ago. It's the original, right? And it's in French, I believe? It's a Swedish film. Swedish. Swedish. Okay. Yeah. So it's, you know, one of those movies that it's like, it's been on my list. I still haven't seen it. I still want to see it. But then I was kind of glad because I went into this a little bit more blind and just kind of enjoyed the movie being fans of the writer-director duo and of the actors, and I really enjoyed all of them. So to me, it was a little, I was a little bit bummed that it didn't have a better reception. And box office was very poor, so hopefully more people actually get to see it with this. So, but to me, the acting was really good. I loved seeing Will Ferrell really play this really straight and kind of like push the boundaries of being an asshole. I think... Yes, maybe he didn't show as much emotion as he could have. Julia, to me, was like the star of the movie. I want to see her in more movies. I love her on television. I think she has 
so much range. She could be so funny. She could be so, you know, emotional and deep. And, you know, I, I really do enjoy her. There wasn't a lot of comedy for the two of them to kind of play off of in this movie. So I feel like anybody who's expecting what you would assume a movie with Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus to be, this is not that movie. So, and then the directors did The Way, Way Back, um, which was Steve Carell and Tony Collette and uh, Sam Rockwell. And that movie, Sam Rockwell, just, like, he can't help it but ooze, like, this comedic sensibility about every mannerism. Yeah, it just... So that just comes naturally no matter what he's doing. So I think... There was something different about this movie that it's like it didn't really have a character that was a main character that gave us those moments of levity. It was just kind of pretty dark most of the time. But I still I still enjoyed it. I think they got into like grittier conversations um, and then we can kind of dive into those a little bit more as we talk about it. Sean, what did you think? So my first thought when I watch this film is that I need to have a ski instruction from Guillermo at some points in my life, please. Oh, my God. Probably the best part of the movie. If you could please set that up for me, I'd appreciate that. Where the fuck do I sign up? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've been saying for years we both love Swedish men, and probably Sean does too. We should just take a martini trip to fucking Sweden and get some of these hot men that are there like what the hell i am totally down let's let's make it I'm completely down when uh, <laughs> flights are real cheap right now you guys i know survives in the cold right or does it i don't know <laughs> i think it does it really survives in the cold but for oh. one day with guillermo or uh my favorite wildling i will i will risk it or well those Ooh. are my Alexander Skarsgård. Those are my people. I'm Swedish, so I, those are definitely oh, my you people. Are? Yeah. Perfect trip for us. I'm Swedish and Irish, so it'd be like going to the homeland. We could stop in Ireland on the way. Wow, home. I did not know that. Although, were they in the Swiss Alps? I don't know. I th- yeah. maybe. I think. I so. feel like they were in um, a different part, but close. Also, anyway. I feel like Guillermo was like, was he Italian or French like or something? He was yeah. Italian or French, yeah, for sure. So I actually saw this in theaters before before the massacre nightmare quarantine happened. Um, and obviously I saw it, Natalie, because you recommended it. I know you'd seen it in Sundance and you loved it. And so, um, and I actually, I watched it again the other day when it came on VOD because I, like I said, I enjoyed it enough that I bought it and had wanted to see it again and I wanted you guys to see it. And so I would like to say that I actually appreciated it more the second time. Um, I'm not typically a fan of Will Ferrell or Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, but I enjoyed them both in this. And I think there's something that's always really interesting to me about when you're watching one comedic actor, let alone two, um, that are known for like straight-up comedy um, to take on more dramatic roles. And there was something really interesting about watching those performances to me. Um, I will also tell you that Miranda Otto, who plays the hotel manager, I believe that she steals the fucking show in this film. Um, she's so good and I really kind of felt like this was her Laura Dern marriage story moment. Like I, she hadn't even been on my radar much up to that point. Um, but she's so goddamn funny in this movie. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, she was so entertaining. Like, I mean, there wasn't, like I was saying the whole, like Sam Rockwell in the way, way back. Like, I feel like she was a version of the character that like brought us this like comedic relief, but she wasn't, 
a part of the story, I think, enough for it to feel legitimately like we could call it a, you know, dark drama, comedy, black comedy, whatever. You know, it still but felt pretty drama. But that's what they drama. call it. They I know. call I don't it feel a like black comedy, and I feel like that's a misleading, yeah. like... Yeah, I don't I, feel like that's appropriate. No, I don't think this is a black comedy at all. This is a drama. This is a story about a marriage. I mean, at the end of the day, like this is actually a, this was marriage story. I mean, this is what marriage story this should have should been. have been called marriage story. Yeah, totally. Exactly. totally. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Yeah, and I think that um, like I said, there was divorce story. Yeah, it was it was something really interesting about watching these two people, and I think that the thing that I loved most about their performances is that they both made you like them and appreciate what they were going through. And I think that's really hard for two actors in a film to do that. Like usually you have one person that gets to kind of steal that show. And I thought that they both did a really good job of making me empathize with what they were going through. Like obviously her plight was, you know, she's trying to keep it all together. Um, despite that, her, the fact that her husband's kind of falling apart. And then you, you saw his journey. Like it's, I don't have kids, you know, and I, I really kind of felt like this is an interesting portrayal of what it's like to have children and be at a point in your life where you're like, fuck, I, did I make the right decision by having these kids because I'm not ready to stop living my life yet? And I don't know. I think there was a lot of interesting, like really like introspective concepts in this film to me that really kind of made me think. And um, they also were using the same toothpaste that I used. And I found that to be really distracting in several of the scenes. <laughs> I mean, I think... To me, it's like I do appreciate the tough conversations that they were having and kind of showing this like pivotal point in this relationship that, you know, even the girl on the um, chairlift was like, it's black or it's black and white. It's black and white. And I think a lot of people look at it as black and white. And I think like comparatively to say like extramarital affairs or things like that. And sometimes it isn't black or white when you have kids and you've made this choice to kind of do life together and kind of have an understanding of like how adults make decisions and how things happen. And it's like, it's not like he consciously chose that that was what he was going, how he was going to react. That reaction was what just naturally occurred. I don't agree with it. It sucks, but that's kind of what he was then dealing with. So I think them to spoil the end a little bit, like them choosing to, like, we want to be in this together, and if we want to make this work, these are the things that we need to do. So it was a choice for them to kind of, like, l- how do we move forward? But I thought that's I what was... I think a bullshit choice. But that's what was so interesting to me, because I think, like, if you watch that one scene in particular where, you know, the their friends are over in the hotel room, and she's kind of confronting, you know, what happened, and she brings the kids into the room to kind of, like, back her up with what happened you realize that it's not that black and white. And I think what I found particularly interesting about that scene, about the whole movie actually, is I was like, what would I have done in a situation? And I think given the context of what you're, you're experiencing, right? So he's clearly at a place in his life where he's not, you know, a hundred percent happy. He's questioning his marriage, his relationship with his kids. Um, he's, his father just passed. And so he's thinking about mortality. Like there's so many things that are at play for this character in this film. And I just found it really interesting to watch him figure all of that out um, and ask myself some of those similar questions had I been in his position. Mm-hmm. I know Lena has some very significant thoughts about I this I would movie. love to hear them, Lena, please. I'll, I will keep it brief. But to me, again, they're, they're promoting this as a black comedy. There, there's no comedy in this. And, and I 
do enjoy Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I think she has a great quirk and like funny, like tone to her. Um, And Will Ferrell, you know, for a long time, I've been way over him. So you put these two together. I don't have high expectations for him in this movie. And, and he definitely fulfilled that for me. He lowered my expectations for him. I just, it's not a comedy. It's not a fun subject the whole time. Like the movie's called downhill, but like they've literally been in hell and we're just going more and more into hell with them. Unfortunately they have kids and like, they're trying this whole thing. And then this catastrophic event happens and Will's character is just more of a dipshit than he is in general. And then he just continues to be a dipshit. And I get, like, he's trying to, like, fulfill his, like, midlife crisis. Or he's going through something because his dad just died. Or whatever it is. And she's going through her th- whole thing. And you guys talked about the black and white situation. It's like, yeah, it is very black and white, mostly. But when you're in a relationship with someone, there's a lot of gray area that has to be talked about, has to be dealt with, has to be compromised on, has like all of these things. And and then another thing that you say at the end, oh, well, they choose to be together. No, he's not choosing. He's like, oh, this is what I have to do because I can't have the other stuff that I want. Clearly, that's not working out. So I'm just going to go home with you guys and figure it out later. That's how I took the end of the movie. Where it's like, he's not, he's not like, wanting he wants that other life he wants to party with his friend and he wants to get drunk and be frank the take in the fucking club during the day and he wants you know he that's what he wants but he's just like you know what i guess that this is just what i have to be i'm gonna have to hide all that stuff better you know like he's just like i don't feel i don't have any faith in him that he's gonna go home with his family Mm -hmm. with his choice and make it any better for them and she's like hey you need to make the the difference here and she's putting it all on him, basically. And it's like, he's not going to live up to your to your choices. And like, then you guys brought up divorce story or marriage story. <laughs> divorce story. <laughs> <laughs> and Perfectly I actually that movie. <laughs> enjoy that movie more than this. That had real passion, real love. Like, there was something in there that was a little bit more maybe relatable, I guess, for me. This seemed just so... La, la, about how like life and marriage is and we're on this vacation and yes Miranda was a great comedy relief thank god she was in this and also um is it Zach Woods the guy from Silicon Valley Zach Woods yeah I never can imagine that his name is Zach because I just want to yeah. call him um whatever his character's name is anyways I love him and I think that he offered a little bit of like comic relief too like just of his like personal his like comic personality and I did enjoy his girlfriend. Like, I thought she was, yeah. like, a little funny and a little quirky and, like, offered that young kind of, like, mentality for Julia. And, like, even when Julia was with the ski instructor, G, it's, like, she still was, like, kind of annoying to me. It's, like, I don't know. Here's this hot guy and here's all the things. And, like, yeah, you don't want to cheat on your husband. And I agree, like, how she took that route because she's in this marriage and I understand but there's still just like there was no like kind of like, oh, this hot guy like likes me. And like she didn't feel really better about herself. I don't know. There's just a lot of so many misconstrued and misconnections for me with this movie. I just I didn't feel any th- th- there was nothing for me to like want to feel 
any kind of like I don't know. Okay. Anything well, for that. I well, just don't feel anything for either of them. First I, I wanna say thank you for keeping it brief. Um <laughs> <laughs> hey i let you guys go okay no one interrupted me so i just kept going um <laughs> sean that was fucking hysterical so i saw you laughing corner by the way because i'm sitting there thinking like she said the first thing you said was i'm gonna keep this brief and i like i'm like okay an hour later i'm like tiktok so hey what the but you know what? Hey, you know what? She said some things that really made yes. me think about stuff that I hadn't thought about before. You did, for and sure. And it's like, you know, honestly, I hadn't thought about the fact that it's like, yeah, he wants to go hella skiing. Yeah, he wants to go live this life. Hashtag no agenda. Guess what? You can't have hashtag no agenda when you have fucking have kids. You have to have it. Yeah, you have to have an agenda, you know? Okay, well, like you can't, hashtag, you know. hashtag here's your painting, first of all. But I look at this more as like... I. There's, there's a lot of big questions that are posed in this film. And I'm somebody that, like, I love big questions about life. And I think that, that I was looking at this film from the very beginning. You could tell this was, like, a troubled couple. And so I was looking at it through that lens. And I watched this whole film through that lens. And I think that's why I found it as interesting as I did. Because you do have the scenes where he wants to... He's having this crisis in his life, right? Whether it's midlife, whether it's whatever beyond that. But, like, he... He's like, fuck, like my dad just died and I want to experience my life and in ways that I'm not experiencing it. And these things are weighing me down, whether it's my wife, my kids, whatever. Here and- I have a problem with that then. I also have a problem with like, look, I understand people get married and we want to be together forever, but like stuff happens in life. But like if you want to be somebody and you feel that you're going to be a better person if you can do all these things that you want to do, why make the person that you're in this relationship suffer because you can't figure out what your shit is. Like, mm-hmm. you need to go figure out your shit. And it's like, unfortunately, yes, you can't be together anymore. And I probably think that this couple won't be together. Like, in the end, I didn't have any faith in them staying together. Like, and so he just should have made a choice. Like, or she should have made a choice. Like, look, you don't clearly don't want this. I love my children. I'm going to take this that's maybe a more maternal instinct or whatever it is. And guys don't feel that as much. I'm not saying everybody, but like he should, if that's what he is and he needs to go and do that, then you should go and do that because you're only going to make the relationship worse. Like that's what I'm talking about when I say like the big questions that it's asking, right? Because life is not to quote the character in the film that black and white sometimes. And I think that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. I agree with you. And I'm saying like, if that's the big question, then like, go and figure out that question. Like stop being in relationships that you shouldn't be in just because you're in them. Yeah. I guess I look at this a little bit differently though, because they're older and they're in a marriage that has been, you know, they've got kids that are a little bit older. And I think that it's one of those things where it's, it isn't black and white. Right. And I think that so many people make the choice nowadays where they're just going to be like, you know what, this has been real, but I'm going to peace out because I need to go live my life or whatever. And this movie was posing a different answer to that question which was what if we choose to stick with it and work it out and I don't think that there's a lot of people particularly in our generation and we're all single like we've always we've obviously made those choices to you know not stick it out and to go and try to find happiness elsewhere and that's perfectly acceptable but there are people that make the other choice and I know some of those people and I don't know if they're happier or less happy than I am that's not for me to you know to understand perhaps but 
I just I found that to be a really interesting choice because you see the struggle that Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character is having when she's on, you know, the ski lift with Miranda Otto, and Miranda Otto is very dismissive, and things are black and white to her, right? And you see that moment where her character says, "Well, actually, it's not. It's not that black and white because I love this person and I have kids with him and we have a family together." And uh, I don't know. I understand that dynamic again, not personally because that's not my personal experience, yeah. but. I, I did empathize with that, and I and I do have a respect for people that that make the decision to stay with something. Yeah, I just I just don't think that she loves him either. Like I don't, th- but I think that she's like, hey, this is what I'm choosing to do. Choose it with me or don't choose it with me. And yeah. I'm gonna try to make you look better, but I don't know. That's just how I. That's my feeling. I, I think, think that's, that's a very interesting perspective. Yeah. I do have a question, Lena. Did you think? When you went into the movie, did you think it was supposed to be a comedy? Yes. Okay, interesting. So it's then you were both of them. I okay. did too. It's, I did it's, too. It's, it's two okay. comedic actors. Yeah. And it's posed as a black comedy. Well, they so, marketed it. It was yeah. marketed as a comedy for sure. Exactly. Yeah. It was marketed as like, oh, this is going to be a really horrific event that happens, but like these two are going to like have some comedy involved and mm-hmm. there was none hilarity it, ensues but not really no hilarity. Not, hilarity not hilarity does not ensue that. like even miranda like didn't bring hilarity she brought no. comic relief but there was yeah. no hilarity in this movie and like yeah. you can't put two strong comedic actors into an uh, a situation where it's like yes i don't uh, i don't like will ferrell in these kinds of roles. Cause I just don't think that he's genuine in his acting and Julia, I think, yes, she did a good job. Like I appreciate what she did for this movie, the sad sap that she was, but it's like, also I don't want her to be the sad sap. Like I want to see her somewhat happy because she doesn't, she's never posed a sad sap comedy routine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like Adam Sandler. He kind of has a sad sap routine. And so when you see him in something that's dramatic and he plays that annoyingly yet comedically, you kind of understand it. But like for her, it was like you didn't even smile the whole time. There was no smiling. She didn't smile. She smiled with Guillermo. Oh, well, okay. Fuck well, yeah. Guillermo Anybody's going to smile for story, Guillermo. Baby. Mm-hmm. We're all smiling for hashtag smile for Guillermo. <laughs> hashtag Guillermo. All right. Are we ready to score this one? Sure. Yeah. All right, Natalie, this is your pick. So you tell us your score first. I mean, I really like this movie. I think it's super fun, but it's not perfect by what? any means. I, to me, like the skiing and all of that and that like okay. the cinematography, all of that, to me, that makes it like an enjoyable movie to watch. Like it was I, to me, well assembled, which so makes me enjoy. So you're saying that you were just daydreaming about being on the Alps, skiing yourself, as opposed to paying with, attention with to the movie. Guillermo. Guillermo? Yes, <laughs> that's enough for me to give it a high score. <laughs> Same, Natalie. I'm, I'm right there with you, honey. Hey, had I not seen this movie, would I be thinking about me skiing on the Alps with Guillermo and taking a little pit stop in that little house? And getting a little leg massage? No, that would have never oh, naturally gone. <laughs> so for that, I give it a two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm at a two as well. Um, I, I think, Natalie, you and I are very much aligned on how we perceive this experience. And I, I really enjoyed it right there with you. And I, I, I've seen it twice. And I would definitely watch it again. Yeah. 
All right. Well, here's the thing. I originally was like, I don't want to be mean because I know Natalie really liked this movie. and I, I want to be helpful and giving it a score of a four because, you know, maybe it's not that bad that I thought. But then you brought up Unicorn Store <laughs> during my Hobbs and Shaw movie. Oh, and shit. And then I sat there and I wanted In to think In favor about, of Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. But I also wanted to sit there and think about, do I want to see this movie or Unicorn Store? And they're both at a five. Ouch. Ouch. And then I said, I'd rather see Unicorn Store. You're a lunatic. So, I'm sorry. I'm moving it down to a five. I know you thought that it was going to go up or stay at a four, but it's not. I'm sorry. It's five, five, five. Shit. Well, ladies. It's time to move on to our final round, which is stream or keep the shit in quarantine. Um, I said scream quarantine, and I think it's both the same. So, <laughs> I think we're all screaming as quarantine. Stream or scream. Um, I, I like that. That we can do that after we get through the quarantine. Let's 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 keep one thing going at a time here. Um, all right, so we'll start with portrait of a lady on fire. I am obviously a stream. I'm a stream. Natalie. I, I'm I have for me personally, it's a quarantine. <laughs> There's no version I want to watch this movie again, and I'm a little upset that I saw it in the first place. But I, <laughs> oh, again, shit. knowing that the Louvre and these other museums are still in business because people keep buying tickets, I assume there is an audience out there for it that enjoys this kind of stuff. So if you like this type of thing, slow watching people paint, hashtag here's your painting, (laughs) then stream it. Oh, shit. All right. Moving on to Hobbs and Shaw. Lena, you first. Well, obviously, I enjoy this movie very much. It's not perfect. So I'm going to give it a two for entertainment value. We already scored it, sweetie. This is streamer quarantine. Oh, oh, sorry. Crap. (laughs) I'm going to stream it, obviously. I love it. All right. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm stream. Quarantine. Oh! Natalie's the Sorry. ice queen over here. All right. Let's move on to your choice, Natalie. You already. Hmm. Yeah. Natalie? Stream. Downhill. <laughs> stream. All right. I am also a stream. Lena? Quarantine. You know, this is going to be really challenging for our audience because I think they're either going to go with like, do I, I don't know, do I typically side with Sean and Natalie's taste or Lena's taste or whatever? Well, I feel like we're, this is so off kilter, like for all, these are wildly different movies, first of all. Yeah. So I feel like people, our fans are going to be like, you know what, I'm going to have to watch all of these now because I don't really know who I'm more aligned with because- and this might actually make them more aligned with who we are as it's podcast true. people. As people, as people, it's true. Yeah. So, hey, you two agreed on two movies. I have disagreed with both of you on those, and yeah, I only got you like Sean on this one. Rat. And yeah, I, I only like my pick. Rat. I liked his. He liked mine. So I'm pretty I sure you liked mine. So. <laughs> I'm pretty exactly. sure that Natalie won the last round because she liked all three, if I'm not mistaken. Am I correct in that? Yeah. So yes. guess guess who wins this round, bitches? Why do you win? Because I liked all three movies. Yeah. And I stream I want to stream all three. 
No, I thought I won because I picked a movie that you both wanted. We all three said we should stream it. Okay, you know what? I get to change the rules if I so choose, and these are the new rules. <laughs> oh, and my God. He's been bamboozled. I'm winning this round. Great. Fine. You win. I would also like to congratulate you, ladies, because we made it through a second round of recording this episode, and that is the surprise I wanted to tell the audience, because <laughs> oh. we recorded this episode last oh, night. that's the news? Yeah, that's the news. Okay. And I wanted to save it to the end, because I didn't want people to think they were going to get like a compromised version of the episode, because I actually think we did just as good as we did last night, which was going to be a hard, a hard bar to meet. Um but I think we did it, and I congratulate you because I think this was still a fun episode, despite the fact that I, you've recorded it twice. I feel like we talked about different topics. Like, it was we fun did. to kind of, like, talk about the same movie, but talk about things that we didn't bring up last night. So I feel like it was still like felt really fresh. Stuff, like, kind of get back in there, but then we brought up a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same point, we were able to stick to our talking points, which is good. Yeah. Do we want to talk about what we're going to do next week? Yes, we do. So next week, we are going to do Did a... Did somebody come up with something? I mean, I don't want to take credit, but I'm happy to. Okay. Um, Sean? We're going to do a 90s theme. So we're each going to challenge each other to watch a film from the 90s that the others have not yet seen. Um, we will reveal those next week at the top of the episode. Um and I say that mainly because the one that I thought that I was going to challenge you guys with, I'm actually thinking of a different one now. So okay, stay tuned. Okay. All right. I am off to watch Bad Boys for Life. You ladies have a lovely evening. Ah, love it. Thank you for listening. Love you. Love you. Good night. Stay safe. Miss you. As always, we want to thank you for listening. For more information, please be sure to visit themartiniscale.com, where you can find links for all of our social channels in addition to show notes and more. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. It helps others discover the show. We'll see you next time. Cheers! Cheers.